Hello and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry and I just bought a houseplant from Facebook Marketplace for the first time. Thought I would try that out and it turns out it's infested with gnats. So if you happen to know any really effective ways at getting rid of gnats from houseplants, maybe shoot me a message, let me know. Thanks. Every once in a while, I get some fan mail for this podcast, which I absolutely love. And back in September, today's guest sent me a message on Instagram saying that he just discovered this podcast and was binging it as he's trying to make his entrance into the industry. We talked a little bit back and forth, and I decided to ask him to come on and share his journey with you. So today I'm chatting with Twight, an artist from Memphis, Tennessee, who is currently in what he calls the eureka stage of his career, which is such an incredible moment to be in. And what he means by that is that he's recently discovered that he wants to become an animator and he is going all in on that. So in our chat, Dwight is going to share his strategy for entering the industry, how he is picking up the necessary animation, storyboarding and character design skills as an independent artist and the original show pitch he's working on in the meantime. So if you are listening and you are in a similar stage in your journey, Today's chat is definitely one you want to pay attention to. So without further ado, let's jump in. Hi, Tway. How are you doing? Thanks for coming on the chat. Hey, I'm doing good, Terry. How are you doing? I'm doing great, especially because you just told me that you've listened to 70 episodes of this podcast <laughs> in a row on like two times speed. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm definitely a binge uh, listener. <laughs> that is, that is crazy. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited to chat, you know, like, maybe you can tell me about what you're working on. And just, you know, forever, whoever's listening to give like kind of an overview of where you're at. Okay, so right now I'm uh, working on this series is more so inspired from like a, a lot of childhood shows that I've watched, but a more adult uh, version on it. Um, the general premise of the show is that you have these kids that live in like this neighborhood um, and the street they live on is called Memory uh, Lane. And they get and they get into these like crazy misadventures because of one of the kids, their grandfather is like a wizard and his best friend. <laughs> yes. His uh, dad is like deaf. But it takes place in modern day society. So they get into like supernatural and magic sort of scenes. Like literally on the first episode, they get trapped inside this fucking mat, like this mathematical maze that his grandfather trapped them in. And the reason they get trapped inside this mathematical maze is because they tried to steal a knowledge potion from his closet to pass a test that mm. they knew they were going to fail for. And it's like they just get in the craziest situations because of them always trying to fix it using magic or some type of. This is giving me this is giving me kind of Rick and Morty vibes, but with like magic instead. Is that is that am I off? Am I on the right? Actually, so I got the um, you ever uh, watch the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy? The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy? I don't think so. No. So like it's like these two kids that win the Grim Reapers uh, servitude in a game of limbo. And he's like forever their servant. Okay. Um, and I noticed like from watching that show as a kid and then watching like Venture Brothers, um, Futurama, just other shows. And I was just like, no one really like touched, like focuses that much on magic. Yeah. 
So I was like, okay, you know, I think I could, I think I could have fun with that because like, I like Lord of the Rings. I like a lot of like of yeah. that subject matter. So I was like, okay, yeah, I, I definitely like would love to do something, you know. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I, like I'm not even thinking of it. Like fantasy is not like a huge adult theme yeah. in shows at all. Like now that I can think of it. Okay. So uh, I, thank you for like pitching your show. I, I think that's great. And you're like, you're like working on it. I do want to talk more about that, but uh, like, where did things, so currently you're not working as an animator, right? You're, Correct. what are you, what are you currently doing right now? If you don't mind me asking. So right now I work in uh, IT. Um, I work as like an IT uh, help desk assistant, um, well, yeah. not assistant, uh, technician. So I work more so in uh, the tech realm, which it actually circles a little bit back into the animation world, ironically somehow. Okay. So, so, Tell me why you're, you know, you have a full-time job in IT. Why are you deciding to create a show to potentially pitch to networks? Like, you know? So originally, like, I guess I start at the beginning. Yeah, um, yeah, let's go for it. So take me back to baby twin. When I was younger, <laughs> like, and I say like literally like six, seven, eight, hell, even like my early preteen years, I used to get like my action figures and I used to make these crazy stories with them, like to the point where I had like Sonic the Hedgehog, Buzz Lightyear, and, like Archer from Small Soldiers. And they were like their own version of like a toy Justice League against oh all the goodness. other toys. I, I haven't just, heard Small Soldiers in so long. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm, I'm getting old. <laughs> and I would just leave like I would create this narrative and I would leave the toys there. And weeks have passed and I'll come back and pick back up that exact same narrative. And as I got like older, I started writing these stories for these characters and writing like and, and involving these stories where like they had different motives. So I didn't think much of it. You know, I just kept, you know, going through my childhood and it got to the point when I was in high school and I was like, OK, I got to decide what I want to do. And I watched this animation. Uh, you ever heard of uh, Full Metal Alchemist? Yeah. So I watched that animation and I was like this is amazing. The story is amazing. Like all, I just like, I, whatever this realm of art is, I want in. So I started out when I went in, um, when I graduated college, when I graduated, me, I graduated high school and I went into art college, um, Memphis College of Art, which is now closed. And I get into that, why that closed. Um, and I started as an illustrator like as a taking up an illustrator uh, major and I was going into like, you know, a lot of the foundational classes. And the thing about, I guess, a lot of places here in the South is that they're pretty behind on more so cultural or pop, pop culture that more so takes flight. So during this time, they were more so still in the mindset that a lot of foundational teachers that animation and thing and a lot of digital art wasn't really real art to them. Hmm. So literally I had my drawing teacher that wanted to fail me just because I was an animation major. Yeah. Like I was not animation, but I wanted to go into animation. Like it was like bad, like really bad, but you oh, know, dang. it's college. Heck? So you, you can't like, especially in art, you know, you can't really, mandate that so like it's so like free rounds for professors to sort of use reasons to you know pass and fail people as they wish so i got through my first semester of art college and i was like okay like i get one shot at getting a degree i was like i don't necessarily have to have the degree to get into art if i'm gonna get a degree in something it's gonna be something that regardless of who i go to 
the opinion, their opinion can't change anything. So I went into like something computer related because regardless of like, mm. well, I woke up to a processor, a processor, a graphics card does this, you know, like it's none of that can change based off an opinion. So I spent the next like four to five years um, after that first semester um, going into a technical degree, but I wasn't like sleep. And when I say that, I mean, during this whole time, I'm literally writing like 20, 30, 100 page like stories, like uh, developing characters of, uh, and it's like multi-layered and working on like more so art in the background. So this whole time, I'm just like always keeping myself busy. Even when I'm like in class, I'm like doodling in my notes, drawing, you know, sketches, and I'm just keep evolving. So I get to the point where about last year, right, graduate college and I get into the tech world. And I noticed I have this itch, this strong itch, this creative itch. And I'm like, okay, I know what this is. So well, you're, you're now get, working full time at a job. You're like, you know, you've, you've found something, you're making money, you're paying the bills. And then there's something compelling you still to do art. Yeah. Yes. Which, and and, I, and when I looked at it, I was like, oh my God, I literally set myself up for this. I set myself up so I can be in a stable position. That way then I can comfortably pursue art. Yeah. And I was like, you genius. So <laughs> while I'm doing this, I'm like setting, like researching how to set up a studio, um, how the animation pipeline, which is really deep integrated uh, stuff about the animation industry. And in this process, that's when I discover your channel or your podcast. And I noticed like wherever I Googled, wherever I went to, even the dark, deepest depths of Reddit, they never talked about like the deep ins and outs of like the animation industry that you would really need to know if you wanted to sort of start a business into there. And as I started listening, I started noticing that from the a lot of the people that you were having on there, especially the newer or the, the younger people or the more recent artists, that they sort of had the same eureka moment that they didn't necessarily have to pursue a degree yeah. to make, you know, to make it in the yeah. art world. And around the same time, like uh 2014 is when I graduated. Oh well, this was, excuse me, was when I just went to that art college. And around that, that time period, that's when those artists, a lot of those artists that you had on there, they were like, hey, I'm going to, you know, start my thing up on social media. And that's how I'm going to get known or get noticed. And I was like, I literally had that eureka moment without being connected to any of that. And I was like, wow, this is like perfectly lined up. And the, uh, not long after I left that college, it closed um, it like lost a decent amount of accreditation just because of how they was running it and it wasn't producing the quality of artists, you know, that it, it should have been producing. Yeah. And the best example I can use is like, you remember uh, when photography first came out and they and many artists said it would never be art and look at the medium it is today. And to me, a lot of artists there had that mindset uh. that and I think this would really hurt it. Um, so so you're so Maybe you're like good. working your IT job and then you mm-hmm. you're like 
dang, I'm a genius because now I can have this stable career while working on art on the side, which is really smart. But okay, so but you're researching how to make your own studio and stuff. Like, why not just be like, listen, like I like creating stories. Uh, I love writing. I'm gonna, you know, take some writing courses and become a a screenwriter for uh, serialized TV or something like that in animation. Like, why are you thinking of creating your own studio? Because I want to get to the point where I have like my original like content housed under that studio, and I mainly just distribute for like networks to broadcast on. Yeah. Because I want like this. What I'm currently working on is a smaller project, but like the stories that I've that I've written are like part of a bigger project. So the best way I can easily describe it is imagine. Uh, anime style show that has like multiple different shows but it's all interconnected more like a a marvel cinematic universe yeah so okay so okay maybe maybe let me challenge that because like you know there's tons of people pitching to networks every day there's studios Mm -hmm. that all they do is create show ideas and pitches to netflix etc like why like it's really tough you know like why how do you perceive yourself you know cutting through all that clutter and saying like this is the show that like netflix wants for instance like and and like i like i have something that's really valuable versus like all these 50 other studios or creators that are pitching all the time mainly substance and the quality that it's written because one thing that i've noticed in a lot of uh shows like and and this is not me knocking rick and morty i absolutely love rick and morty um is that when they get to a point of their fame or like their quality they get to the point where they just start doing anything and it doesn't just go anywhere or have a really strong direction um and the thing about this store this story and like all the other stories i have it mapped out where everything like goes from beginning to end, where how these characters start out and where they end up. So it's a entertaining, but also a narrative driven place where it doesn't feel repetitive. So the viewers actually have a reason to say, hey, I wanna sit down and watch this, you know, and wanna find out what happens next rather than, oh, I'm just gonna watch this laugh. Oh, I know the jokes now, it's not, you know, yeah. funny anymore. Or, you it's know, like a formula. Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's a I think it's it's definitely valuable to have like a really strong vision and everything really thought out. So like okay, so what steps are you taking right now to make that happen? You know, like you started like you said you're setting up a studio but you're also writing like uh like what are you actively doing currently? Like do you have a pitch bible together? Do you have the artwork together? Are you like trying to figure out how to gain cuz like a lot of you know, a lot of animators do go to school and learn like life drawing and storyboarding and cinematography and uh, character design, et cetera. Or you can do that kind of on your own through taking online courses or having a mentorship. Like, I guess this is a lot of questions to ask at once. Like, what are your, what are your, what, what are you currently doing to make this happen? So one thing that I've noticed myself that I've been doing subconsciously during this entire time when I, from the moment I left art school is that I look at everything in an artist's perspective. So that means like when I'm watching a show, I'm looking at what angles or charts are they using, yeah, like how the proportions are lined up. So like all of this is saved in my head. So it was like a point where like I was just writing stories and I picked up a pencil for the first time in like six months, but I was like writing stories and I started drawing and I knew exactly like how I wanted things to proportion. I like had mentally created like a mapping method like hey I want the neck to line up with the corner of the eye with the you know with this point in the nose you know it was like 
instinctual. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, okay, I just, I need to keep building off of this. So in addition to that, I've been creating more social like media work, like artwork to try to get on social media, um, to try to build a presence there. And while at the same time, I'm in the process of creating original work and even maybe finding like friends who maybe like are, are like a musical artist or want like a simple like character avatar drawn for like a logo or something getting that even if it's like free just getting that work out there so i can say this is what i the type of work that i've worked on for clients and just building off of that while also at the same time maintaining like good progression on building that storyboard for like that first short film which is about like i like when i storyboarded it i timed it just from the script and talking and doing a lot of the voices myself and it's like about like five and a half minutes six minutes so i was like okay this is like the perfect length for like but you're doing all the voice and everything yourself that's incredible that's really cool well uh, for the storyboard that's really ambitious like like, um for the storyboard uh just to time it like I'm definitely probably gonna have to get my nephew to play because like it's a little kid on there that's in the group. (laughs) So I'm definitely gonna get my nephew to play that. Um, But like, I know for sure I can do the character that's like deaf, like his voice is pretty good. And you can just like put a modulator, you know, in audacity on that and sort of draw some effects on it. Um, So I'm definitely probably gonna get a couple of people and then there's a girl on there named Winter and I'm, I just personally, I don't think I'm the perfect thing to play her, but. (laughs) I think for the most part, I can do a decent amount of the voices. I mean, I, I love what you're doing right now because like the, the best way to, I, at least from my person, what I believe is like the best way to pitch something is just to have something to show. Cause like at the end of the day, you can, you know, write up a presentation with character designs and like a script and like everything, but like the other person still has to imagine it, how they're imagining it in their mind. But if you just show them, like here's, here's something tangible, yeah. then, then it's like, that's what it is. And so many creators like, you know, South Park and, and like Rick and Morty, if you watch like the pilots that they put together, super, like even, even um, Family Guy, like super rudimentary stuff. Yeah. All just I, I, done I, by like one or yeah. two people. The jokes are in there. They got the, they're doing all the voices. Like the timing is good and you like get the concept right away. And, and then of course, you know, it becomes a show, right? Um, exactly. So I think, I think it's really cool. So I'm just wondering, you know, you, are you, so you're doing this in your spare time. Is there like a, do you have like a, either a, a cutoff date where you're like, I'm quitting my IT job and going all in on this other thing, or which uh, maybe is, I don't know, from my perspective, maybe a smarter move is to keep the IT job and then like organically build up what you're doing until there's a tipping point where, you know, you are, you know, you said you were going to take on contracts from friends and stuff, do logos and stuff. And then where you are becoming like a full-time freelance artist. So it's whichever comes first. Um, yeah. So <laughs> if I if I just like get in like that miracle position where like, okay, we want to pick up your show or whatever, here goes this budget. You know, if I get in this situation, I'm like, okay, bye, see job. But, you know, get people <laughs> lined up and, you know, sort of get the ball rolling. Or if I'm, but the original plan is to, slowly you know get my way up there take certain work build this up and get myself to a position where i can do that totally totally i mean for me i kind of did something similar like i i quit my job but my plan was to go to school and then in the four-year span of getting my degree i would like make connections slowly put my work out there that hopefully by the end of the four years i would have something something lined up because also from my understanding and also because i i'm pitching shows right now it takes years to 
you know, get a contract and then development, yeah. et cetera. So it can take quite a long time. I'm wondering, is there like, okay, so you, you love writing, but like, say your show gets picked up. Is there a specific role that you have thought that you want? Like, is it, are, so, you, are you the writer? Are you, are you? I definitely wouldn't mind. So you ever uh, heard of a uh, JG uh, Quintel? Um, and so it does like close enough and regular show. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It will, like, I definitely would probably be more so on the lines of that on my show. Like, would be probably like, the writer and a storyboard artist and sort of like sort of in a sense facilitate because i i know how like the art direction goes how how the formula or the show goes so maybe like oversee a lot of that and even work a little bit into that as well um and generally from what i've heard a lot of animation industries that especially for more adult leaning cartoons is that usually you take on multiple roles anyway which i wouldn't mind that so you you would feel more comfortable being like writer slash storyboard artist so like that's what you're practicing most right now, I guess. So you're not worrying about like, um, cause like for instance, like in my degree, you know, we have to take life drawing and character design and like, like all these things, but you're just, you like know what you want. So you're like, I'm going to focus on writing and storyboarding. Is there, and then even, and as far as like even the character design elements, like it's a lot of that stuff that I've been like, uh, that I'm being forced to pick up as I'm like designing the show. Like, what is this, you know, characters quirks, you know, what are certain yeah. things design things about the character clothes um personality traits how does this resemble overall to the character itself like just different things about that and then it translates pretty good since i've been writing a lot ever since i've um well a while actually even before i graduated even before i got out of art college and graduated college like i still been writing like even in high school so I've just kept building off of that. And I let people read my writings and they'll give yeah. me feedback. They'll tell me what works or doesn't work um, or certain motives or, and I would take that and build off of it. Um, I'm just wondering, like, have you, uh, are there specific resources that you've used to, you know, practice and learn writing for TV or storyboarding specifically? So one thing I would look at a lot, it's a lot of, that's one thing I love about YouTube. Uh, there's a lot of YouTube content out there from like oh, yeah. people that, that storeboard professionally. Um, and then people that write professionally, just basic um, tips that they give you, you know, pros, cons, and some, and what you trade in certain areas. So like a good example is like with South Park for their stories are always current. But in order to keep those stories current, they have to write them on the fly and they sort of have to sacrifice in in some cases the quality uh, or the buildup of a care of some stories. So you don't have the ability to like write a story, have it go through this person, they read it, you know, they tell you to revise this, you revise this. It's, you don't, it's a lot of that cut out. So you have to pump it out a faster uh, quantity. So you lose a little bit of quality. So it was just saying like, like just different aspects of like story writing and what you sacrifice to get certain things uh, moving. And sometimes you have to change. Like if you say, I want this character to end up in this position, sometimes you have to make sure that that lines up with the outcome of the ending and with the character's personality. And if it doesn't, okay, what do I need to fix in this story yeah. to make sure that lines up? It's, it's like having a, a a map in your head, but it's like a word map of events. Do you have? A, I'm just curious. Do you have like a timeline for when things are going to be finished? Because I know that like working a full time job and then like coming home to like work on something creatively is like you know it can be exhausting. So, 
my lease on a house I'm living in ends in like March 2023. And I told myself, like, it's this big goal. It's like, I want to be in some type of position where I can say, okay, I'm comfortable enough in this to either get a job doing IT part time or completely leave my job. Oh, and wow. that's my goal. Like, that's, I know it's just a really ambitious goal, but I'm like, 2023, March. Yes. That's, okay. that's, but I'm pushing myself. I'm like, if, Hey, you, I, have like, you, know, you have a year and a half still. That's a lot of time, but also not a yeah. lot of time. <laughs> yeah, it isn't. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't. Uh, one thing that's crazy is like, I was like, I hope things keep getting better with the pandemic because I know it's going to greatly affect things. But yeah. one thing I did love, do love about this pandemic is that everything can be, a lot of things can be done remotely. Like, Oh, totally. Totally. So that was a really good shift that really worked in my favor because it's like, even if I did like stay here in Memphis or if I said, Hey, I wanted to move to LA, which I probably would not do unless I had significant like knowledge of where I was going to go, yeah. who was going to fund me for what, like just everything lined up. But I can, I have a lot of options in nowadays time, you know, with social media and electronics to where I can reach an audience and try to and produce work and get clients, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, so, okay. I want to do like a before and after. So like right now, what, it, what is the state of like, you know, your pitch and social media? Like, where is it at for you versus like, so, and then I'll ask you what it, what it looks like at March, 2023. So, okay. So I read like within me started listening to your podcast, like literally after like the first, like 10, 20 episodes. I was like, I definitely need to create myself a social media presence. I was like, you idiot. What have you been thinking? You should have did this the minute you started art school. Yeah. You fool. So I've definitely done that and um, been pushing out content on there. Um, I've been trying to, um, I've been getting myself, uh, today I, first, I post my first one, which was pretty nice. Um, I'm getting myself, I'm making a web comic, like just a little small panel comic for each day or you know two days to build up content that i have on the original content because lately i've been posting uh like pre-storyboard panels but no one wants to look at like stick figures doing storyboard yeah. so i've just <laughs> they want to see pop. like a polished colored thing yeah so i'm gonna put like um even like drawn out comics or so either from storyboard or just from like a piece of paper the panels to sort of tell like a little quick small jo joke narrative that you can just get like that so what is it so you just started social media what is the goal is it to get a ton of followers is it to like you know connect with the right people is it just to get your content out there and see what happens like all the above all the above so build an audience <laughs> get my content out there and build connections um i've been following like a lot of the people that you've been having on your podcast and uh quite a few a couple of them actually quite a decent amount of them followed me back like uh nice. joshua little i believe okay. is your josh josh little he uh followed me back yeah nice that's awesome that's really i love that you know like it's yeah. like a direct result of like you're listening to the podcast, I guess. Okay, so so one thing is okay. So you started social media. I know you just started a website, even though it, like all the content is coming soon. You're currently you're where are you at with um you know your your pitch bible like right now? So right now I got I have the characters like literally so it's three seasons of the show about twelve episodes. I got the treatment and basic. I got a basic synopsis of. First two seasons and half of the third season okay. have all the characters, uh, like their development mapped out. Um, I'm in the process of 
more so drawing, getting the assets together, um, the more so the animation assets together, because I'm going to use that in this polished version of the storyboard and figuring out who do I want to get voice act the short film or essentially the pilot and who I want the voice and how much to pay him. So I'm getting into the, the building stages uh, where I'm trying to make sure I stay online with producing a finished product. Yeah, yeah. And so, okay, so right now you just started social media, you got your website and your pitch is like in the, you know, you've got most of it figured out. And then, um, you know, where, let's fast forward to March, 2023 when your deadline on your lease in your house, like what is, what is the best, amazing, fantastical, everything worked out perfectly scenario that you're trying <laughs> to reach at March, 2023? Um, that I that the show is already airing on its first season <laughs> with either Amazing. Network or Netflix. And so, so then you, you finish. So what you're saying is you finished the pitch. You've, yep. you've pitched it around to multiple networks. Yep. I mean, you can't control if somebody if somebody picks it up, but like yep. fingers crossed. Yes. Yes. And, and then, that is airing. Yeah. What about so what's what about what does your social media look like? Uh, social media at the at least maybe like two three thousand followers on instagram uh, but it's, an, it's it's consistent you know enough to to have a decent amount of visibility um and i'm just like and it's just constantly growing and everyone's waiting to see my next project or the next season or you know just yeah anticipating what i'll do next what about uh you know your like freelancing and stuff like that is that like a long-term goal for you as well you know you said you, you would pick up like logo and design stuff or is that just to build your portfolio at the very start and then you'll like put that on the side i did from what i've listened to on your podcast like i definitely can probably see that being just a way like to get extra funds uh for you know the studio um so i definitely can see that being something that'll be a reoccurring you know thing yeah. unless you know when, so when you know Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Um, go ahead. I was just going to say, at, at least until when the studio gets to a point where it's like stable, you know, to the point where like, all right, we want this studio, we want to work to the studio, like to the point where like I'm, get, I'm getting offers of IPs that I've created. So what is what is your studio look like? Because, you know, you can either be production yourself, have the full pipeline, have like 100 employees, or you can be like a smaller thing where you have a dynamic duo where you like are because I've, t- for instance, like Ricky Asbjorn and um, uh, Chris Garbutt, like their dynamic duo and their studio kind of thing is just where they're showrunners, right? So they jump on shows, they write shows, they sell shows, et cetera, versus like, you know, actually doing the pipeline in production. Is that is that what you want to do? Or do you want to be like, I'm a showrunner type of type of guy, studio, so, or it's very small? I, I wouldn't mind doing a show... Uh, um pipeline production maybe and even at the most at that i keep it a small studio maybe like 10 to 12 people at the most um and depending on how it grows may determine but how like many employees i get but at the most maybe 30 employees at the most like but how okay so 30 but how are you producing your series with only like 30 people like it takes like a full studio like (laughs) like tons of people and millions of dollars so as far as getting the, the, as far as like the animation work, I've noticed like a lot of studios, they outsource for that. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So mainly would be like, you know, you would contract people to do like the sound design and yeah. you may contract, you know, most more likely voice actors and even like a decent amount of storyboard artists. Um, and I can do a decent amount of storyboarding myself and I can do a decent amount of script writing myself. It definitely would have some help. Okay. Um, but a good amount of as far as the animation side, depending on how the studio itself is doing, would be outsourced. Interesting. So your idea is to like, you know, let's keep it lean uh, by focusing mostly on like the story and design aspects of like voice, et cetera, and then outsourcing everything else to other people. That's that's interesting. I'm wondering, like, you know, why would Netflix um, have you thought of this? Like, you know, when Netflix can can like buy a show from like, I don't know, like Guru Studio, which is in Toronto, where they have like hundreds of employees and, you know, they've mm -hmm. been around for a long time. They they're they can trust that they hand off this project and they get back everything on on the deadlines and everything versus like you know twite who is setting it up for his first time like it would almost make more sense to like buy the show from you and have you on work on the show with a studio that they're tr they're trusting you know so for starting now i like i thought about that i was like starting now i'm definitely probably going to have to do that and as i can just get like the Jesus of, you know, Netflix um, contacts, he just vouched for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I definitely, you know, like, I was like, ah, like, that's why I'm starting out with this smaller project that I don't mind, you know, selling to ship you. And even like, I, I have a couple of other smaller projects as well lined up to where like, hey, I can, you know, work on these different projects, get this studio build up, portfolio build up to the point where like, okay, we know the studio, we're aware of the work that they can do. Nice. I'm wondering, like, you know, is this a big enough change that you want to spend the rest of your career on this path of animation and, and stuff? So I'll just I'll say it like this in two different ways. First way is I was talking uh, to my friend about a week ago who I went to high school with. And he went to his first semester of art college with me. And this guy, when I was in high school, he's like, like he could just sit down, draw the perfect pose, angles, fighting, flipping, any pose off the top of his head. And it's like proportional, really like, like the guy is amazing. Yeah. I always looked up to him uh, as an artist. And after his first semester of um, college, he uh, took up truck driving as a thing. And he still has like the quality, the ability to do art. And I asked him if this was potentially something he wouldn't mind you know, working on with me until they built. And he told me that basically he was more comfortable, you know, working his stable life and he doesn't really have that itch. And I was like, for so, and I was thinking to myself, I really want to do this thing because for me that after all this time doing all of this and I'm still like every day writing, producing, you know, yeah, this is something that I want to do. And I remember I was on an internship before I graduated from college and I was like from going to work every day doing the eight to five. And I was like, this isn't something I want to do for the rest of my life. I was like, if I definitely did this, I definitely wanted to be in animation, you know, in some way, form or fashion. And that's a, at that moment, I was like, everything that I have, I'm directing it towards that path. I love that. I love that. So like, okay, like that sounds very similar to, to me where I was working in nine to five. And I was like, if I'm doing this for the rest of my life, I want to do something that I'm so passionate about and feel fulfilled by. I love that. Um, so I'm wondering, like, you know, say you, what do you, like, in the animation, in, if if you get your dream job in animation, which is like, you know, running a studio, creating 
uh, amazing shows. Like, what is it that you want to, uh, like, do you want to change the world with what you're creating? Uh, do you want to, I, I don't know, I'm trying to ask, like, what is it that you want to infuse in what you do that, like, is special versus just working for other people in the animation so, industry? I want to be able to produce to create animations from my studio from narratives and perspectives that aren't normally told um, or in ways that they aren't, well, in particular, like from people, from the perspectives of people that aren't, that isn't normally told or in ways that isn't normally told. And that's, I know it's very vague, but. Well, I mean, I, I can, I mean, like, for example, the current pitch you mentioned that it has like magic in it, which isn't really too prevalent in like adults animated yeah. do you mean do you mean like that for instance or do you mean yeah, that'd be a that'd be a good example um this other example like one of the larger project projects i plan on working on is like and imagine like every time you see a story take place in like space or in multiple like it, well in the realm of space it's always like humans are the predominant society it's like we're space like away from yeah. earth like how are humans like the the dominant yeah, species right? yeah. but it's like and it's very like no no one really takes that leap where it says okay we're gonna have like maybe one or two humans and the rest of the characters like different races different you know different you know species like it's just like really mixed up make it more dynamic and realistic and even like for the various elements in the sh in like the story that i'm creating for that at the beginning of every like episode, it starts off for, with a message saying that the languages spoken in this show are from various different aliens and species, but they're all translated to one language for the viewer. So yeah, sort of yeah. make it like, oh, so they're all speaking in different languages. Like, you know, it's realistic. Like if I went out to space, everyone isn't gonna be speaking English or, you know, like, and I just think about that type of stuff. Like whenever they go to like a cosmic being from another ram that, that doesn't see Earth or that oversees millions of planets and universes, they somehow know English or, you know, yeah, right? speak human. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, there has to be a rhyme and reason for these things. And it's just, that's how, like, the type of stuff that I think of. Nice. That I know so you, like, you wait, so I guess maybe if I were to reiterate back to you, what you're saying is like, uh, you want to create the unique perspective that isn't uh, really prevalent in the mainstream, whatever's going on right now. Like your show is always going to stand out by being that, that different perspective, yes, I guess. Sir. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, like, you have this 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 huge goal in a year and a half. What it what happens if um, you know, twenty twenty three comes? Like you said, you've made this ultimatum for yourself, and you're like not at the stage that you want to be at yet. Biggest thing that I've ever like learned, like, and even just for me, like, so when I when I left art college, like I went through this period where I felt like I failed is like uh like in what i plan to do in my life i was like i want to be this artist i'm doing a tech degree there's always multiple ways you can approach a goal and there's always reasons why you didn't meet that goal at that time and i think the most critical thing is that when that time comes to look at okay what didn't i do what could i have done what was out of my control yeah and how can i set it well what new goals should i set myself and how can I reach that goal? And I think having that mentality 
would really helps because one thing that we'll say whether it's art college, whether it's tech college, regardless of what college you go to, one thing that college teaches you is to regardless of what you have going on in your life is to meet deadlines and to find a way to produce the needed outcome. And I think totally. that's the biggest important thing. No, I think I think that's I think that's a perfect I'm like that's a perfect mentality to have. Like I didn't even have that coming into this. I was like, it's if it's if I don't get in, I don't know what I'm gonna do. But like I don't know. I've talked to because also like a lot of people reach out to me when they're getting into Sheridan and share their portfolio with me, and I give them like critique. And then uh, some people don't get in, and they send me an email, and they're like, I don't think art is for me. I'm giving up. And it's like I don't think that's the right. You know, everybody's yeah. everybody's at a different stage in their journey, and like if you don't evaluate like what you just said, you like evaluate where you went wrong, what was out of your control, like what you can do differently and like move on. And I think that's like, I think that's like the resilient mentality. Like you said, that's going to propel you forward to figure it out because like, you know, this is a huge career change for you. And you said, it's something that you're going to pursue no matter what, like you have, I don't know, the next 40, 50 years to figure it out. It's not like if you, if you don't meet your goals in like a year and a half, like it's done, right? Like, yeah. and <laughs> it'll be disappointing like it, for sure. But like, yeah, it definitely will be. And it's always changing. Like the art yeah. world and how it's done is always changing. Like if you look back, like from listening to your podcast, if you were to go back like literally 10 years from now, then like the way that they did the pipeline and how like the efficiency of it has changed and the options that you have to approach it has changed drastically yeah. to the point that it's allowed this bigger medium to exist. Well, and even like, say you say you project that you're going to meet all your goals. That means that you somehow did everything perfectly, had all the right information, all the right contacts and like the best of luck. And like for all those things to line up is kind of ridiculous too, right? Like, you know, like yeah, you have to, yeah. a lot of people I've talked to, including myself, had to reach like a kind of a low point where you're like, what am I doing? And now I need to figure things out because it didn't didn't go my way. Um, are there, are, like, you know, you're working on all these things right now and, and like you're working part time. Is there other things that you wish or resources that have been tough to come across that you wish would you um, or could be helpful? So in where I'm at, there's not a big animation market or a big like a big you know animation market or prisons. It'd be nice, like, uh, like, like even a geographic location. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I've been I've reached out to like a local production company that does like video production just to get a, like it's a video production studio just to see some type of studio. But it would be nice if I could like see some type of art, you know, production studio or something just to yeah. see, get a tour of that, get an idea of the pipeline, just something, you know, OK, this is how this works. This is like, you know, tangible in front of me. Um, so that's the biggest, hardest thing. Um, but Thankfully, I found your podcast and it's helping a lot, you know, with that. Um, for me, like, so before I made the decision to switch up careers, I actually toured a studio called Toonbox Entertainment in Toronto here. It was, wow. it, that was what changed everything for me when I actually went and talked with people and saw like a hundred people working on a feature film. And like each, like there was a storyboard artist and all she was doing was just the storyboards for sequence. And there was like a fur uh, artist and there was like a background layout artist and like people just doing camera. And I just sat down with each person. Like I spent the whole day there. The HR lady kept being like, are you done yet? And I was like, no, I'm sitting with this person now to chat with what, what, the, what they're doing. But just seeing and being around with those people and just like, you know, asking them how they got there 
what did they do every day just helped me so much. So yeah, like definitely if you can connect with this video game company or even like if you're willing to like travel a little bit and make a connection at, well, LA obviously comes to mind because everything's there. Yeah. I don't know how it works with the pandemic right now, but like, you know, I'm if you make a connection with some small studio and be like, hey, I'd love to just come by or like chat with people, that would probably change your yeah. perspective on it a lot too and see that pipeline firsthand, yeah. Other so like other than you know your geographic location, which I think is it's it's kind of unfortunate and it's kind of like why I like talking with people all around the world because like you know if you grow up in a city or country where animation is not a thing at all, like your opportunities in the past have been zero. But now, like you said, everything's kind of moving online, so you're getting there is more opportunities. Are there other obstacles that you've you've faced like with trying to figure out how to put together a pitch bible or like shows or just all that stuff in general like also you're doing everything yourself yeah um mainly um with it being a, like hard for me like not a big market out here for that or not a big population out here it's difficult for me to get people together without having already uh known people and since i've only spent one semester at that college i didn't really i wasn't able to really build as many contacts as i probably would have liked or should have yeah. uh, by this point in this time and then mainly just doing the whole batman bruce wayne thing but like by day i'm working at you know doing it and then by night i am working on storyboards and art and it's a it's a pretty wild schedule but like i, I know that like I, like doing this i don't feel tired I, I never i'm at a point where like oh i hate this it sucks like i'm always like okay i'm tired I'm gonna revisit this tomorrow, but we're gonna keep like we're gonna keep at it. And like I remember when I was drawing the shots for my storyboard, and I was trying to figure out crazy perspectives. Like it's a a point in storyboard where like it looks from like you're it's as if the camera's inside the chest and it's looking up at the people looking in the chest. I, like I literally had like this notebook and I was just like like this, and I had a wine bottle like this just to get the perspective ideal. And I'm just like I really want to do this. Like I really want to do this. <laughs> To be honest, that's what that's what like professional animators do, anyways. They use they they're like often filming themselves in like reference videos and like perspectives to see what it looks like. Like even some people buy those like sticky armature, uh, like action figures things and and like pose them at different angles and like draw that for their storyboard. So, like actually, did whatever that. you're doing, it's it, to get the story is it's perfect, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's more than one to crack a like I did just that thing with my brother's action figures. I was like, oh, these like uh you know thirty hundred you know a hundred dollars or so. I was like, hey, you got you still got those? Like my brother, uh, he collects like action figures or whatever. I was like, hey, bro, yeah. you uh, still got those action figures? He's like, yeah. Set them up, <laughs> got the perfect angle. I was like, yes. Took a picture of it, referenced it. Perfect shot. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm amazing. I mean, that's how it's done. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering. So like, okay, so from where you're we're at right now like what is the next step for you like you know tomorrow the next day the next month like what what is your so, next step going forward from this so i finished my pre-storyboard i am in the pro I'm, my next step is to finish the more detailed work on it and get voices in line so i can start getting some uh, sound effects and then may and then i plan to maybe contact someone um to maybe get help with sound design yeah. um in a sense to get throw some sound effects in there create sound effects and maybe a sound like a a music library just so how things flow in it if it may even have a lot of music if it doesn't just different things of that like of that nature and then while also 
creating an outline for myself on what I plan to upload to social media each day um, to g- build a solid social media presence. Nice. You sound very organized. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, have you considered getting feedback from like a storyboard artist before you go to the, to the degree to put voices and stuff in there? I definitely should. It's just I don't have any of the uh, the connections. Um, I definitely uh, been looking at your uh, uh, you know, been looking at your podcast, and I've been saving or bookmarking like the episodes where you go across storyboard artists, so yeah. I could have some some references. Um, totally, and I mean there. like uh, there isn't a single person uh, that I can think of on the podcast that I don't think has been not open to receiving like messages from people like you, you know, like, Hey, I listened to your episode on how you became a storyboard artist. I've been working on this thing myself. If you have a chance, I'd love to like, you know, share this project with you and maybe get some critique on this scene or something. Like I've done that with a couple of uh, the, like for my school projects for the, for the couple of the guests I've had, I've just been reached out and be like, Hey, remember, like I did this podcast with you. Do you want to review my storyboard and give me some critique before I hand it in? <laughs> like a hundred percent. I've done that like a whole bunch of times. So like, People are super willing. I think everybody knows, everybody in the industry knows how tough it can be. Um, and, you know, especially like if you come from a place that doesn't have a big animation presence, like yeah. you're kind of lonely at the same time. So, you know, people are people are willing to to offer that critique. So I would I would encourage you, you know, before you start to put in those sound effects, that takes so much work, right? Like yeah, it maybe, does. Maybe just get like a review on like some important scenes or like the whole thing, even if you if you can. Like I know that a five minute storyboard is a lot of work to go through but i would definitely encourage that just like linkedin instagram whatever i'm definitely gonna do that i was um definitely bookmarking people i was like who can i get like you know so i definitely plan to do that yeah i mean and if there are also online courses that you can take you know obviously they're they're like paid but like i the for me like a big thing going to sheridan was just the ability to have mentorship from people who've been in the industry has been, was like so helpful on my work. Cause like, like what I discovered is I didn't know what I didn't know. Like I thought like, even with like my character designs and stuff, I'm like, it looks amazing. And then the prof will be like, Oh, you made all these very clear and obvious errors in like, you know, how the three quarter pose looks or like proportions or like storyboard, like mistakes of like not lining up action that I just didn't know about. And I'm like, Oh, you know, like now I, now I know, but I didn't know before. So yeah. Um, I'm wondering, you know, is there anything else that you, we've kind of talked about your journey and like where you're heading and like everything you're doing, which I think is amazing. And like, I, I, that's, I think it's really amazing that you have this incredible itch and like you're doing, you're like, you're being very, you're compelled to like scratch it, you know, and you're, you're doing it in like a smart way. You're like working full time. And then in your spare time, you're, you're creating a storyboards. You've got plans to like create a social media presence and you have like future plans to create a whole studio. I think that's, I think that's really cool. (laughs) Like who else do you know that's, that's like trying to change their life like this, you know? Not a lot of people, and and it's and it's the craziest thing I think about it because like a lot of people are usually like I have to surround myself with people to produce it, so I have to be doing it with someone. But it's like for me to be in a situation where I'm like basically by myself for the most part, and I'm just yeah. like I gotta like do this. Like this is not, and I'm, I'm glad I've always been like that, even when I was a kid. 
um, totally. to just have that drive. Yeah, you have an incredible drive. And there's so many people, you know, like they have a hobby and then you say something like, oh, why don't you pursue this? Like, I don't know, you, you have like a friend who loves playing a guitar and you're like, why don't you, or write music, why don't you turn into something? You're like, oh no, like, you know, and it's just a hobby type of thing and it never really turns into anything. Um, and I was just thinking, you know, you have this incredible drive. Imagine you're applying this incredible drive in your nine to five job instead of like your spare time at night, like how, how much further and how much more could you do in your career? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. I definitely um, have you, I definitely um, will use and have used like one or two vacation days. Like I use like one vacation day recently. Um, and I was like, very also take um, a break. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, uh, I told like, uh, I just, in my, in the vacation uh, request, like it literally told him like put in there that I was, finishing a storyboard and getting mentoring, you know, ship and someone to look at it. Um, and that the whole day I was just working on my storyboard, you know, and trying to uh, get feedback and get it set up. So I'm, I'm not like, I'm glad I have a manager at my job who like knows that what I'm doing and doesn't like put obstacles in my way to try to make it harder for me to produce. That's that. really good. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you think would be cool to share about, you know, what you're doing or your journey or whatnot? That, there is a message I do want to give to anyone who may listen to this. Um, the biggest thing that made me say, hey, this is something I want to do is that I can live with failure. It'll suck, but I can live with failure, but I cannot live with what ifs. And yeah. at the end of like my journey, at the end of like my life, hopefully I can look back and say I did what I wanted to do and not what I felt I should do just to be comfortable or just to, to be stable because you only get one life. Totally. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, I, that sentiment like sticks so well with me. Like I remember also in my journey, I remember like envisioning what my gravestone would say. <laughs> and it was like, See, I, I, was to say it. I mean, it seems, it seems like, you know, I don't know, like morbid, but I, cause I was in a marketing role at the time and, and I was like, it would say like, Terry, like, was a pretty good marketer and i was like what the fuck like i don't that sounds so stupid to me why do i want that gravestone like i want a gravestone that says like terry was an amazing animator like that to me was like i need to if i want my gravestone to stay that i need to i need to like switch what i'm doing like right this moment <laughs> the craziest thing to me is that like how people just get up every day go to work come home watch you know content you know and they, they have no desire to create anything to like inspire any type of creation it's like how do you just breathe with like just being like no, hey listen like, we need that we need those people so that we can create stuff for them yeah yeah that is true. That's true. <laughs> yes yes you're absolutely right yeah, yeah cool is there anything else you wanted to add as we're as we're wrapping up um no, like uh, mainly just any artist out there that's listening to this, or if you have friends that are listening to this and they're struggling with with their journey to art, just, I, I know this sounds pretty basic, um, but it's, it's a more lengthy version of hang in there, but don't don't let them give up and don't give up on yourself. Like the, your vision in art and who you, and your journey to become an artist and what you want to be in art is a part of your identity and, I know deep down inside, a lot of people won't feel right just giving up on part of who they are. Totally, it's in your blood, your soul. Yeah. You know, you know if there's if there's something in inside of you like pressing. Yeah, 
I, well, I think those are great last words. And like, I'm crossing, well, I, I expect that you'll listen to this podcast like five, 10 years from now <laughs> and be like, oh, wow, I've come so far from, from that point. Yes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I hope myself for the same thing. <laughs> yeah, we also might see each other like later down the line in the industry and I might be Maybe like, we'll hey, Terry, yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that. All right, Dwight, well, thank you so much for coming on the chat. It's been a, it's and been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I was like very surprised that like you, you asked me to be on here. I was like, wow, that like I didn't expect, you know, just the message of me asking you, oh, you're working on a stop motion set to turn into like this. I was like, okay, you know, uh, all right. No, I thought your I thought your journey was interesting. And like, I love chatting with people at every stage of their journey, because like, I think it's super important to share these, share these stories like yourself. You said, you know, when you were looking for resources, it was really tough to find. And then you found this podcast and, and heard a lot of similar journeys to yourself. And that's like a big part of why I do this. And, you know, I think, I think the fact that you came across this, and this is kind of my hope that the people who are looking for this kind of information stumble, stumble across this podcast, and it's like perfect for them. So I think you can expect some people to listen to your episode and be like, wow, that was inspiring. Cause like, you know, it's inspiring for me to hear how driven you are. I think it's crazy and amazing. And I really hope all your dreams come true. (laughs) Thank you. Me too. I I hope yours come true too. (laughs) Oh, thanks. (laughs) All right. Well, if you're listening and you want to reach out to Twite and follow him on his new social media, you can do so by checking (laughs) that out on Instagram, which is Twite Peaks. Or you can check out his website, which is studioneodon.com. And I'll include both those links in the description of this chat. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Will Farmer and the graphics by Daniel Abensauer. I encourage you to look them up if you enjoyed their work.